It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. We got a fantastic one for you here on this Wednesday, March 24th, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Holland, which took place on Saturday, March 20th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it's great to be back here with you guys, Uh, very happy to be doing this show, and uh, you know, what an average fight card this was, you know, sometimes uh, it's very easy to say, wow, that was a stellar fight card, maybe the best fight card of all time, Uh, and it's just slightly above average, and it's easy to shit on stuff, it's very easy to be a hater, which the mailman is not, Um, yeah, but just completely average, there was some cool stuff, some meh stuff. Uh, pretty pretty small fight card. Had a couple of fights fall out. Only 10 fights on here. I think there's only 10 fights scheduled for 260 uh, this Saturday. So uh, it was a quick one. It was a quick one. And uh, not, not a very eventful one. Not a lot of ranked fighters. Um, but we'll get to every single fight on here like we always do. Um, oh, shoot. I don't even have the tab pulled up. But I can uh, get it here momentarily. Uh, because we always lead off the recap shows with the main card showdown. Obviously, this was the f- opening round of the March World Grand Prix, and we had a lot of people return, and and you know that's that's good. We had you know I was a little concerned that uh, some people like to drop out, so I was concerned we wouldn't have enough to fill the uh, the eight slots. Yeah, eight slots we needed for the the world and invitationals. And uh, the mailman wins again. Another knockout, another title offense. Beat Francis. That was his first ever uh, title shot. And, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of people their first ever title shots. You know, Jerry, that was really because Peyton fell out. But Peyton would have had a, had a first. Um, Peyton did not make the World Grand Prix. So he's, I mean, if he wins the Invitational, he gets a title shot, really, no matter what. Um, but, yeah, I win. Drew beat Reagan. Uh, 47-45. Uh, Reagan kind of closed the gap a little bit, but uh, Drew got off to a pretty early start there. So it'll be me and Drew in the gold medal match uh, and, and the title fight, and then Francis and Reagan uh, for the bronze medal, and then for the Invitational Grand Prix, uh, Peyton and Captain. Um, yeah, that's a little interesting. Uh, Paige lost. That was her first ever loss. She had the draw to... I want to say Reagan. It's so tough keeping track of all these people because Paige hasn't done an event in like six weeks. But, um, you yeah, know, that's interesting. Jerry Jerry lost, got knocked out. A lot of knockouts. Three of the four fights ended in knockouts, all in round four, too. So uh, the main card showdown was pretty good. I don't have any complaints uh, with it. Everything's going swimmingly uh, over there. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really have any housekeeping to get to, uh, so we will get right into this recap as I pull up the uh, the rankings. I don't think there were any, there were very minor changes to the rankings, uh, if any, but yeah, we'll get right into this recap here. So in the main event, we had Derek Brunson 
uh, defeating Kevin Holland via unanimous decision. Uh, just a snooze fest. Really, really boring and uh, very frustrating too because uh, Kevin Holland is a really talented fighter and um, I don't think it's crazy to think that heaven, heaven, Kevin Holland could become a champ at some point. But holy shit, that's one of the more frustrating performances I've ever seen. Uh, ever, ever seen. My apologies, I did not sleep last night, so I'm I'm gonna take a big sip of this coffee here, cup number two. Also, my first day at a new job, so you know, a lot of stuff going for the mailman here. But uh, yeah, very frustrating. It was it was kind of reminiscent of well, both of Manel cops fucking two fights in the UFC, but more specifically the first one, where. I don't, I don't really think anybody would argue that Kevin Holland is the more talented fighter than Derek Brunson. I honestly think that's indisputable. But, you know, we talk about it with football a lot. You know, like the, the Browns, uh, like two years ago when they traded for OBJ. Like, they probably had the most talented roster in the league, but they fucking sucked. Because, you know, talent, I always say talent really is just a multiplier. You have to have, you know, effort and, and skills and... And you know all these other things, but talent can help you round the corners. It's it you know it's it's a multiplier, but you got to have something to multiply on. If you put forth zero fucking effort, uh, damn near zero effort. I don't want to be too disrespectful, um, but you know if you put forward the effort that Kevin Holland put together, yeah, talent's not going to do a whole lot. And if Derek Brunson has anything, it's it's effort. Like you never could say Derek Brunson doesn't go for it. You know, oftentimes at the highest level to his detriment because he has been knocked out uh, four or five times in the UFC. But, you know, props to Brunson. It's, you know, it's it's tough because obviously Kevin Holland's the bigger star. More people know who he is. More people are talking about Kevin Holland. I mean, for fuck's sake, I opened the, the recap portion of this show talking about Kevin Holland, but the winner was Derek Brunson. And we already had him ranked at number five. I think he was seven in the UFC's rankings, so he'll probably be at five in both of ours. Uh, something something big uh, is coming for Derek Brunson. You know, I would have figured they would have given him somebody ahead of him in the rankings instead of Kevin Holland. The Holland fight happened. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's good for him. Kevin Holland is not a highly ranked guy, um, but he, he is a big name, and it's a main event. And, you know, if you can successfully string together main events... Uh, and keep winning. There's only you're only going to go up, or, or at the bare minimum, you're not going to go down. You're going to get another main event. You know, I don't think he's going to get a title shot next, but you know, he beats Shabazi and he beats Holland. He, he's on a pretty good streak. I mean, how can you not put him up against? You know, I, I particularly like the Costa fight. Uh, now that he fell out with with um, with Whitaker, because now Paulo Costa doesn't have a dance partner, and uh, you know that that would make a lot of sense. You might get a title shot off of Paulo Costa, but either way, you know, Derek Brunson is is legit. Like there are certainly flaws in his game, but he really seems to be rounding it out. You know, he seems to be more defensively sound. He did get hurt a little bit in the fight, but more defensively sound. Uh, just, I mean, we've always known he's a good wrestler. I mean, that's his base. But uh, yeah, really showcased his his wrestling, and um, I don't know. See, it's tough. It leaves a little bit more to be desired but it's not really his fault Kevin Holland fought like a dick so if Kevin Holland would have fought with uh, an increased intensity would he beat Derek Brunson I, I think he would have but we'll never know because it didn't happen so it's almost a moot point uh, or mute point or however whatever not a fucking 
literary literary scholar. Um, but either way, uh, it didn't happen. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like that detracts a little bit from Brunson's performance, but it was clear cut. I mean, he won that fight probably 49, 46, uh, in, in my estimation. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good for him. Uh, but you know, to wrap it back to Kevin Holland, because again, he was the A side. Nobody, you know, Derek Brunson's never going to be a big star doesn't mean he's not a good fighter but for Kevin Holland I mean that's just fucking very very disappointing um you know he had that recent split decision win that little stinker uh against Darren Stewart and I don't know that was always the concern that was always the concern um you know fighters are generally very inconsistent um they don't always have the best performances I mean you know like Anderson Silva is revered as this fantastic dominant champion, which he totally was. But like he had a bunch of fucking stinkers. You know, for every time he knocked out uh, Forrest Griffin or or uh, you know front kicked Vitor Belfort, you know he had a fucking boring fight against Damian Maya, a boring fight against uh, you know Cote. You know, a lot of boring boring fights. But that's just how you can't be. You know, you can't be exciting all the time. Or or if you are. Um, you know, you're probably not going to be as successful because you're just going to be willing to trade one for one or, or you know, whatever. I mean, there, there's... Uh, GSP was a very boring fighter. G, you know, name me exciting moments in a GSP fight. I mean, the dude went nine years without a knockout, but he's, you know, you're not exactly out there to entertain. You're out there to win because you want that win bonus and you want to be champ and you want to maintain the belt and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't bemoan people who, you know sometimes have a stinker but it's just you know for Kevin Holland I don't know man that's another wrinkle to the fold I mean not not really trying I mean I I kind of felt secondhand embarrassment for him which is the worst type of embarrassment because it's just like <clears throat> this dude is so tone deaf like dude you're like whatever he's marketed as the talker like okay some of it's marketing I'm sure he legitimately is that guy I'm sure he's just being sincere but it's like dude like you're fucking losing this fight, and you're just like chipper, like la di da di da. I'm gonna fucking walk over this shovel that's planted on the floor and get hit in the fucking forehead with the broom handle, like or the shovel handle. It's like, wh- what the fuck are you doing? Like, do, do you not have like a, like uh, you know, a, any sort of gauges? Like, do you not know that you're losing? Like, do you think you're winning? It, it really just seemed like he was okay with losing. That's really what it seemed like because there was no sense of urgency. It, it was just puzzling you know it doesn't it doesn't make any sense um you know you you see fighters out there that just go balls to the fucking walls but don't have the skills that holland have and sometimes they win because they go balls to the walls but you know there's plenty of 500 fighters in the ufc who bring it every single fucking time it's just they might not be as like andre tell me a time andre feely has never fucking brought it like yeah he's lost some fights he's probably i think he's won more than he's lost but you know, point being, like, it's never a, it's never an effort issue, it's never, a, you, you know, if Andre Feely had the talent that Kevin Holland had, you know, the f- amazing striking, kickboxing, uh, whatever the fuck his background is, karate, kempo, or whatever, uh, background with the Travis Luter BJJ, and, you know, but, 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 you know, if he, if he had those skills, well, he'd be fucking featherweight champion, if you could just, if you could just merge the two, so it's like, it, 
I, I don't know if it's lack of effort or just a lack of a, a, awareness. Either way, it's very concerning. Uh, I, I would say that's easily fixable, but not really, man. Like, how many sports stories do we know about, like, hey, let's take a chance on this guy with a shitty attitude, and, wow, he just turned around his shitty attitude. Like, it does happen. Like, there, Chris Carter is a thing. You know what I mean? But for every Chris Carter, there's, you know, a Doriel Green Beckham or, or whatever. I mean, I'm just throwing out. Like, there's there's plenty of ways you could justify talent with, and, and a shitty motor and just be like, well, we could fix the motor. I almost would argue it's easier to get more talented than it is to fix a motor. You know, it's man, it's just really hard. Either you work hard or you don't. And um, I don't know, man. Working hard is not really a problem for a lot of fighters. Like, the, the talent is, is the problem. So it's like, effort is something that we fix in, like, t-ball. Like, past past t-ball, past, like, first grade t-ball, effort never really comes up. If you, you know what I mean? Like, if you're on the highest level team, like, I guess if you're on the C-squad or whatever, like, I guess you're just on there because your parents signed you up for it. But, like, effort's, effort's never really an issue, so that's... I don't know, man. I'm still high on Kevin Holland. And the the beauty of Kevin Holland losing is, like, motherfucker fights five times a year. So, like, if he rattles off four more wins in 2021, he's going to be in the top three. You know what I mean? I guess it would depend on who he fights. You know, he can't just fight a bunch of no-names like Ontiveros and Stewart and Hernandez. But, like, uh, you know, he has the chance to, to turn it around real quick. Like, he didn't really take a whole lot of damage in this fight. It's just tone deaf and frustrating and it's kind of you see fans turn against him a little bit kind of like um like Sean O'Malley like a lot of people were big fans of Sean O'Malley fuck knows why and you know then he gets knocked out with a a leg kick and you know makes all these bullshit excuses and then people turn on him you know what I mean like there's just like a there's there's a, a code there's a code that you follow and he accepted the loss gracefully it's not that he's a it's not that he's a sore loser which a lot of the times is is the easiest way to rub people the wrong way but it's just man what the fuck are you doing there like I don't know man very very puzzling very puzzling I will be incredibly curious to see who his next fight is when it is and how he performs because like that is just I mean, it's not quite like Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou levels weird, but it's just like, ah, that's just, ah, I I just wish, you know, kind of like Dana White said of Tyron Woodley, which I think is totally fucking unfair and baseless, uh, but I think is appropriate here. Like, if I could just control Kevin Holland with a fucking Xbox controller, like, uh, yeah, I I could make you champion, but it's just, I don't know, man, it's figuring out what's going on in between those ears. some good coffee um yeah we didn't do any changes to the middleweight division because we already had Brunson at five and Holland was at 13 so below Holland is Chemayev and Heinish I can't really put Holland below those two guys and am I gonna put Brunson ahead of Vittori or Costa or Cannoneer not not really so I think they just solidify their spots you know, I think Brunson, because the, the UFC was fucking whack. Like, they had Hermanson and, like, I think Till and Gastelum ahead of Brunson or something crazy. Uh, but, you know, we keep the rankings the same, which I know is not sexy, but, I, you know, I just think it's, I just think it's appropriate. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be like, oh, we moved Derek Brunson to the number one 
fucking contender because that's gonna get me clicks. I, I don't I don't really care. I just want to be accurate. I think he's the number five middleweight in the division, and and we'll see what happens. All right, we're gonna move on here to the co-main event. Uh, big opportunity for Max Payne Griffin. Uh, I, I think he was still on the main card, but because of the uh, Brad Riddell and uh, fuck, what's it, Gregor Gillespie fight falling out, which that would have been a low key banger. I would have loved to have seen that take place. And, you know, just basically got kicked in the fucking nuts. Okay, if you want to be honest, basically just got kicked square in the nuts with that fight cancellation. And then, and then, like, uh, 25 minutes later on the broadcast, I get kicked in the fucking nuts again because uh, Ortega and Volkanovski is off for 260. So really, it was it was like Raymond Daniels was doing a spinning fucking heel kick or whatever and just hit my balls like he did to that one <laughs> to that one guy in Bellator. Probably the most sickening video I've ever seen inside the octagon or well inside a octagon or cage I guess because um, I don't have that trademarked but. Yeah, really just a Raymond Daniels spinning kick to the nuts with those two fight cancellations. But, I mean, the co-main event delivered. Max Griffin knocked the fucking piss out of Kanan's song. Uh, didn't last long. Good for Griffin. I like that he had the call out. Uh, you know, you know, like Uncle Chael says, which really could be applicable to anything because, you know, Uncle Chael is just, I mean, he's basically the MMA god. Um, but, you know, like he says, you know, there's there's nothing more frustrating. Jesus Christ. It's a strong vibration. Uh, nothing more frustrating than when people waste uh, post-fight mic time. And, you know, I like the, that, that he had a realistic call out uh, that wasn't going to take a long time to play out. That Houston card, I think, is coming up in like a month and a half, maybe. 261. So uh, less than a month, probably five weeks. So I, I like it. It's realistic. Didn't take any damage. Uh, you know, Griffin has always been a always been a tough guy. Liked one of my posts on on Twitter. So you know, basically, you know, I don't want to overreact, but basically, we're fucking besties. Basically, we're blood brothers at this point. Um, so I'm rooting for him. Plus, he's got a fucking sick nickname. Um, but yeah, no, I like that. And and uh, you know, he basically minced that guy's ear off the the fight before. And then get to knockout like this. I mean, that's a, if you want to climb the rankings, get knockouts. I mean, submissions, finishes will, will do you good. You know, winning uh, dominant decisions will do you good. But there's no there's no better way to climb the rankings than just knocking the fuck out of people. You know, and, and he's been doing that. And again, like I said, super, super tough guy. This guy's strength of schedule is fucking ridiculous, which you got to respect. Because, you know, he's sitting there with a 17 and 8 record. Like, oh, 17 and 8, that's not very good. Yeah, but he's been in the UFC for, like, half of his career. And, I mean, he's fought Colby Covington, Alessio Zaleski Dos Santos, Mike Perry, Curtis Millinder, Tiago Alves, uh, Cowboy Oliveira. I mean, just just fights real tough guys. So it, it wouldn't be crazy to see his uh, stuck Marquette rise, uh, you know, in, in the coming months. Alrighty, uh, we're going to move on here to the featured bout. It was a unanimous decision victory for Montserrat Ruiz over Cheyenne Bays. Uh, very boring fight, but a, a pretty dominant decision there for Ruiz. A lot of ground control time. A lot of ground control time in this one. 
really just bully tactics from Ruiz. I mean, her, her grappling was uh, kind of wonky looking, but incredibly effective, so you can't really knock it. But, uh, yeah, Bays re- really never got going in this one. I got to be honest, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd heard of Bays. Uh, obviously because her husband's in the UFC and, and off the contender series and, and, and whatnot. Never heard of, of Ruiz, but you know that was, that was a very, very uh, good debut performance, and especially in, in the 115 division um, because she's not the tallest fighter, so she's probably pigeonholed in there as a, a straw weight. And there's, there's a lot of room for someone like Ruiz to grow really, really quickly because straw weight is the smallest division, uh, on the female side so you know we we see uh the flyweight division uh get created a few years ago and if you look at the flyweight division a lot of the fighters in the top 10 were originally straw weights and not just straw weights when the division was created you know not not fighters who just only came up in 2017 but you know last year and the year before you know like uh like a calvillo or um uh uh, I think Chukagian also was a strawweight. But, but either way, you look at it, uh, Jillian Robertson, Mackenzie Dern. So what that does is it leaves a vacuum in the 115 division. Like somebody has to occupy the top 15. So when you, tank, when you take ranked fighters 10 through 15 and they want a new shot in a new weight class, it just there's a vacuum for people to climb really, really quick. We see it in the men's flyweight division. Like, you can get ranked really high really quick because it's a very, very shallow division because people either move up, or I guess it's a little different with the flyweight because, you know, they just kind of released a bunch of flyweights. But at strawweight, like, nobody really moves down from 125 to 115. People are, are gener- it's generally one-way traffic upwards. So Ruiz, I mean, if she gets another win, she's probably already ranked. And then, you know, she's probably fucking two or three performances away assuming she wins which you know is a lot to assume because it's you know pretty fucking tough to win in the UFC but you know point being somebody to watch at the 115 division someone who's pretty far off right now even though that was a really good performance but could really climb pretty quickly and you know I mean if you're a grappler that's always you know that's always um positive a little bit of bad blood between these uh these two gals uh, especially at the end with uh, the middle fingers and, and stuff like that um, but yeah, no, you know, it was, it was a fine fight. Not, not a barn burner, not super thrilling, but a, a definitive win for Ruiz, who's a, a very scary looking lady, very scary looking, looking lady, a very good looking lady. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I kinda, I kinda think she's the, uh, she's the, the Mexican version of Betch Cohea. That's what I think. They look very similar in, in body, body, uh, type. For, for lack of a better, <laughs> a more appropriate terms, uh, is very similar. Ah, man, nothing better than a cup of mud. A cup of mud, a cup of joe. Um, all right, let's see here. Yeah, moving on, uh, the... Nope, oh, not quite the, the main card opener, but uh, still on the main card here, we had a third-round knockout from Adrian Yanez over Gustavo Lopez uh that's somebody to watch out for it's crazy it's crazy how the bantamweight division is so stacked so fucking stacked uh and yet just like more bluer chip prospects come in the into this division it's like holy shit we need to start ranking you know top 25 at bantamweight because uh like 
where does Yanez fit into this? Like, it's such a... And, and everybody in the top 15 is young. Like, yeah, you have your Edgars and, and Aldos and Cruises, but really it's just those guys. Uh, and I guess the Sun South still kind of hanging around. But, like, holy, holy shit, it's a lot of young... Like, that's the f- funnest division to watch in the UFC. And uh, Adrian Adrian Yanez is going to find his way uh, in, into the rankings pretty, pretty fucking quickly. Um... I think he's someone who does have promotional push, uh, especially being a guy who's coming off the uh, of the contender series. Uh, oh, Misha Tate is coming out of retirement to fight Marion Renault. That is uh, gross, but not gross at the same time. That's interesting. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know he, he's going to get promotional push, and he has knockout power. But really, more so than knockout power, because I really think a lot of people have knockout power. But it's the precision with this guy. This dude is fucking amazing at striking three performances in the UFC I mean one of them being contender series but you know I guess that's still under the UFC banner and three knockouts three pretty bad knockouts too uh I guess none of them KOs but pretty pretty brutal TKOs and he probably could have finished Lopez in in the second round if he wanted to but the thing that's so impressive about you know this guy he's only 27 it's not like he's a 40 fight veteran uh, he's so poised. He's so composed. He doesn't rush anything. I mean, you know, he could, and maybe it would work out, but maybe he gets caught. You know, Lopez is a game fighter, uh, but he's just so fucking composed. He, he, he doesn't force anything. Like, oh, he'll crack you four times in a row. And, you know, it's, it's like he's constantly doing a cost-benefit analysis in his head, and he's just always right. He's always right. So, whatever, again... Very, very good start to his career. Again, we got to see him do it against tougher competition. But the beauty about Bantamweight being so stacked, uh, I mean, there's no shortage of... I don't I don't want to make it seem like boxing where you're, like, hand-picking this guy's route to the title. But, like, you don't have to be a dick with matchmaking with Adrian Yanez. Like, you can put him up against who you feel is, is going to put on a good main card performance or, you know, a, a good test for him. You don't have to... You don't have to put him in the deep waters right away. And, uh, man, who did he... He called out somebody. Oh, son of a bitch. I forgot his call out. He had a good call out as well. Wanting to fight in Houston, turning around. Being active is going to help you a lot, and uh, getting knockouts is going to help you a lot. So this guy is going to just fucking rocket into the top 15 at some point. But, uh, no, I mean, like, there's, there's, there's so many litmus tests probably 15 to 30 you could give this guy i mean you could give him a a, a nathaniel wood you could give him a fucking yeah marlon vera is probably a little too much right now but uh you know you you, you could be very specific with your with your with your matchmaking here but uh that that guy is somebody to 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 watch out for all right moving on here to the main card opener we had a 49-second knockout from Tai Tuivasa over Harry Hunsucker. Got to be very careful saying that. Uh, Harry Hunsucker, probably the worst UFC fighter name of all time. That's just fucking brutal. That's just fucking brutal. Uh, I'd rather go by Harry Honeysuckle or whatever the fuck uh, Bam Bam was calling him. But... Uh, yeah, not a whole lot to digest other than uh, Bam Bam is uh, a very powerful guy and uh, Harry Hunsucker's not very good. 
And uh, you put those two together, it it doesn't take long for him to get knocked out. I mean, re- like I didn't gleam anything from that. I, like Tuivasa doesn't climb up the rankings or anything from for beating a you know late replacement uh, guy who lost his contender series fight. But you know, I, I like I like Tuivasa. Uh, I don't think he should have been cut after that Spivak fight. But now he's got two wins in a row. Um, you know, I don't know. Let, let's take our time with this guy. I, you know. There, there's no there's no need to rush 28 is still super fucking young for the UFC uh in in the 265 division so uh you know good for Tui Vasa for Hansucker yeah probably your last fight in the UFC only fight in the UFC but you know whatever all righty moving on to the prelim headliner we had a unanimous decision victory for Macy Chasson over Marion Renault uh who is now apparently going to fight Misha Tate um, yeah, not a very interesting fight. Clear-cut win for uh, Macy Chasson. Uh, definitely a problem with her size. I mean, I'd like to see her jab improve a little bit. That's going to be her, uh, her her number one friend, being a five foot eleven fighter at uh, bantamweight. But you know, uh, Marion Renault should retire. Uh, she will one hundred percent lose to Misha Tate. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Uh, she's 43 years old. A very cool story. Uh, a school teacher. Uh, you know that's that's all fine and dandy. But the UFC is not exactly about storylines. Storylines will come with any fighter. Uh, but you know, there's not a lot of 37-year-old successful female bantamweights, let alone 43. And that's four fights in a row that she's lost. Uh, probably probably just time to to wrap it up. Uh, I'd be really surprised if that Misha Tate fight wasn't her last fight. Don't really know. I mean, if you're just doing it for fun, I mean, and whatever. I'm. Y- you guys know my thoughts on it. I'm never someone to be like, I, I, I want to legislate that you retire. I don't fucking care. Fight as long as you want. Fight until the UFC cuts you. But they will cut you after the Tate loss. Um, I would have figured they would have cut her after the Shasan loss. But, um, yeah, you know, just not, not going to win a whole lot of fights. Uh, in the UFC anymore, and for Chasson, I mean, that that's really one of your top hopes for unseating Amanda Nunes in the bantamweight division. Again, not very likely because Nunes is so good, but like for young, and she's like 29, but whatever. Uh, but, but you know, like young, fresh, new prospects in the bantamweight division, uh, prospects as in you know, I guess new people in the title picture. It's Aspen Lad and it's Macy Chasson, and if you don't like that, then fuck off, because there's nobody else at 135. So you really got to root for Macy, because uh, otherwise we're just going to see another Holly Holm title loss uh, to Amanda Nunes, or you know we'll we'll see the fucking trilogy or whatever with Jermaine Durandamy. So I don't I don't really want to see that uh, at all, at all. All right, we're gonna move on here. Uh, we had a round three TKO from Grant Dawson on Leonardo Santos. Uh, the final second of the fight stopped that one. Uh, yeah, I would have figured. I would have figured Dawson was down. I thought Santos was winning the fight. Uh, apparently, Dawson was up on the scorecards, so it wasn't really a come from behind victory. Uh, although, if it was scored properly, it probably would have been. But that you know that's very impressive, and uh, 
you know, I picked Santos to, to win this fight, but Grant Dawson seems like a real, real problem. Super good wrestler. Uh, his striking is a little rudimentary, though. He's he's definitely going to have to improve that. you got to be more around, well-rounded uh, at 155. But for Santos, that was a dude who hadn't lost since 2009. And I understand he's not he hasn't been the most active fighter. Uh, you know, dealt with some injuries and, and such, and he was 41, is 41. But, uh, dude, he's beaten, the, he's beaten, you know, Kevin Lee and, and Rocco Martin and, and guys like that. I mean, to, you know, whatever. It wasn't the, the highest level of competition, but, again, to be undefeated for that long is impressive. I thought he was a very, very underrated kind of gem of the, uh, the lightweight division, and I think that, that win kind of speaks volumes. I think when you, when, when you look back at that win, it's going to be a real good one for Dawson that probably not a lot of people are going to, are, are going to talk highly about, but uh, I think they should. I think they should. So, you know, good, good for Grant Dawson. Uh, I, I didn't think he could do it, but, uh, you know, he, he definitely fucked him up. He definitely fucked him up at the end of that fight. That's, that's for certain. All right, moving on here. We had a unanimous decision victory for Trevin Giles over Roman Delizzi. Uh I, I was watching a little bit of that fight. I, di- I didn't watch it super closely, or, or as in, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of takeaways from that fight. Uh, definitely seemed like the right guy won. Delizzi was pretty upset that he lost that fight. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's used to fights in Russia where, you know, you just kind of win them if you don't get knocked out because you're, uh, you know, the local homeboy. But, uh, yeah, there was no uh, ambiguity about that fight. It, you know, it was a win for Trevin Giles. Uh, good for him. Uh, you know, Trevin Giles uh, definitely lost that fight against James Krause, so I don't want to hold that against him. But, uh, you know, that the, the name Trevin Giles will always sort of live in uh, UFC 247 infamy. Uh, apparently the media sco- uh, members scored it uh, basically down the line for Giles and Delizzi, so basically a toss-up, 29-28 toss-up. Uh, I, I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was that way, but, uh, no, good for him. Uh, you know, I don't know, sometimes, you know, you listen to what Stipe says about losing, uh, his first fight to, uh, Struve, and, uh, I don't know, maybe we've created a monster with Roman Delizzi, maybe he just needed one loss to become the, the, the beast to unleash the beast from uh, within. So, I don't know. Maybe that's the best thing that ever could have happened to Roman Delizzi. Damn, keep fucking smacking my windscreen holder. Um, very professional program. Uh, moving on here, we had a round one knockout from Montel Jackson on Jesse Strader. Again, r- almost nothing to take away from this fight. It was a pretty good knockout, good finish. Uh, he fought a guy who had uh, significantly less experience, well, less experience than him. Significantly uh, low experience for someone who's in the UFC. Uh, probably should not have been uh, in, in the UFC and uh, kind of got exposed. But, you know, I think Jackson's an interesting guy to watch for in the bantamweight division, you know. It's, it's very easy to lose track of fighters at, at 135 because there's just so many, <laughs> so many good fighters. I mean, you know, you don't fight for you don't fight every three months and people forget who you are. But uh, no, I, he's he's an interesting guy to watch for. His striking seems pretty interesting. I mean, 5'10", very long arms. So maybe somebody to watch for. 
uh, gonna have a hell of a fucking time climbing that division, I'll tell you that much, but, uh, definitely a, one of the, one of the lower tiered movers and shakers in that division. All right, moving on here to the prelim opener. It was a round two knockout for Bruno Silva over JP Bays. Uh, good win for Silva. Probably needed that for uh, the uh, continuation of his UFC career. I mean, you drop to uh, 0-3 in the UFC, you're probably going to get cut, especially at flyweight, where they'll, they'll just cut uh, anybody for any reason. Uh, and really, there's a no contest thrown in there as well. So, you know, uh, had three outings and, and didn't have a win. Um but no, I mean, he was hurting J.P. Bays, uh, you know, so that's good. Trains with Cejudo. I mean, I don't really know. I don't, you know, I don't really know what to say. I mean, again, you could climb the flyweight division pretty quickly. I, I, I want to say the flyweight division was so pathetic that at one point this guy was ranked uh, after uh, definitely not earning it because he didn't have a win. But, you know, whatever. Solid performance. And then for J.P. Bays, uh, you know, that sucks, man. That sucks. I mean, you and your wife both lose pretty badly in, in both of your fights. Uh, not not how you would draw it up. You know, a lot of the times uh, when you talk about siblings or, or uh, husbands and wives in the UFC, it goes well. You know, like Mark De La Rosa has lost 17 of his last 18 fights, but the only time he won his fight in, in the last three years was uh, with uh, Montana on the card. And then, you know, like the Kosi brothers both get in on the same contender series uh, event but uh, did not go well for the Bays family. Um, and they're not very well established in the UFC. So I'm not saying they're at risk of being cut, but, you know, definitely got to have a better performance next time. All right, so with that, we have completed our recap here of UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Holland. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on, on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. And be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. Updated UFC rankings, main card showdown rankings. You can find all of our links, all of our podcasts uh, on there. Just you know, a brilliant website uh, designed by me. Uh, and yeah, with that, well, I mean, well, and again, one quick thing here. We will have the preview for 260. I don't know, man. It could be, could even be tonight. Could even be tonight. I got a hockey game to call, but uh I'm a pretty busy guy, so maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. We'll definitely do it, though. We'll definitely do it. So with that, thanks for tuning in, everybody.